Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Bald Move Television, where the officially unofficial podcast for literally all of television, or at least Netflix this week. Uh, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. And today we are going to be talking about our uh, thoughts and opinions on a couple of things that debuted last week on, on Netflix. Kingdom, which is a Korean medieval zombie film mm-hmm. that... Or, or series uh, that's awesome. We're going to talk about and uh, Black Earth Rising, which is an eight parts look into the like the legacy and aftermath and and trying to get justice for the Rwandan genocide with some Jason Bourne stuff uh, shoved, <laughs> shoved up in it uh, uh-huh. that we'll be talking about too. Uh, I think we want to start with Kingdom because we saw we got to saw, see all of Kingdom. There's only six episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're the longest. I think is an hour. Uh, the shortest is like 43 minutes. It felt like a pretty brisk watch. Mm-hmm. I had a great time. Jim, what do you think? Oh yeah, I, I really love my time with Kingdom. I think there are like one, maybe two exceptions to to just unbridled love here, but they're very mm-hmm. minor. And overall, I thought this was an awesome beginning. Uh, to what I hope is an ongoing series. Yeah, and I'm, I know you're like totally in the tank for zombie shit, and I'm more of kind of like, I feel about zombies the way you do about fantasy films. If it's <laughs> like the best of the genre, it'll hold my interest, but intrinsically, yeah. I'm kind of apathetic to thinking the concept's a little played out. And if you feel like I feel, the kingdom might be the prescription for you because this is a completely fresh and interesting take on zombies um, that I've never I've never actually seen before. Um, yeah, and and I love what they do with the concept that they introduce um, as far as the zombies go. And I won't spoil too much up front here. Uh, we are going to get into I think massive spoilers here in a bit, uh, but it, it has a lot of. Uh, good performances, I think, from from a lot of the characters. It it ends up leaving me a little uh, unfulfilled with the comedy in places. I think it works somewhere, but it's very like cultural, yes. like culturally dependent in places yeah. where I I look at that stuff and I go, well, this is clearly funny to the culture that this is intended for. It's not funny to me. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. W- when you have like you know characters sort of acting very intensely uh when with the comedy moments and yeah. that that doesn't hit for me but everything else i mean the action is superb the uh the set pieces are gorgeous uh yeah. i i just i can't say enough good about this show to to kind of counteract the one misstep that i feel like it had I, I I agree with you broadly about the comedy, and this is something I've you know because I've been a fan of of uh, some of the Eastern uh, influence movies. I, well, I'll just be honest; I've been I've been fan of the Eastern action stuff, Jackie Chan and uh, <laughs> yeah. Chow Young Fat stuff like that. And I like I think Drunken Master Two is one of the all time great kung fu movies, mm-hmm. but it has some just bizarre <laughs> humor that. Um, and it's also dated, like it's from yeah. 30. So it's like maybe maybe uh, Jackie Chan would be embarrassed about some of the shit that got up in there. But I thought some of it was pretty funny. Like um, mm-hmm. some of the cowardly characters are at least as funny as anything that Walking Dead tries to do with Eugene, you know. Sure. And I thought like I agree, like it took me a while to get the relationship like the, the crown prince had with his bodyguard. That first episode where he's like bribing with beef pancakes and threatening him with the annihilation of his family. See, that's the Is stuff that what you're that talking I liked. about. No, no, no. I really oh, like well, that so stuff. What it's, didn't, it's what the didn't characters like? who are completely over the top, like the 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 officials? advisor to one of the 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 let's say lesser dignitaries of the the whatever Cho clan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. he's just a complete caricature. And uh. that works in... I get it. That works in Eastern comedies. It doesn't work for me as a Westerner. I, I look hmm. at it and I go, ooh, that's too much. Okay. Um, so let's... So um, but there's one other thing I want to talk about that's like kind of a, a, a final plot point, and I kind of want to get spoilery, or maybe maybe we should talk a little bit more, like try to sell people on it. Yeah. Um, this is an amazing looking film. Mm-hmm. Like, I heard that the per episode budget was under $2 million, and... I can't fucking believe how far money goes in South Korea because holy shit. The, I mean, I'm going to assume that some of these, a lot of this like location work is just beautiful locations. And maybe there is some of these like fortresses and whatnot that they didn't have to build these from sets. Mm-hmm. But just the costuming and the location work yeah. in, in Korea is jaw droppingly beautiful. And um, 
I don't know. It I it kind of made Korea into a real place. Like I've kind of got in mind what Japan kind of looks like in like mm-hmm. different periods of culture because I've seen so many Japanese films and the same thing starting you know in the, in the 90s and 2000s with like China. But Korea was kind of like oh, I guess it's kind of a blend of the two. Um, but I, I felt like I, I got like it, it's kind of like um, the way I felt about New Zealand after seeing The Hobbit. It's like oh this is actually a place and mm-hmm. I can kind of start thinking about like wow. Look, look look at look at all the things it has to offer as a country does that make sense it does yeah i mean my uneducated western feeling on it was oh this looks a lot like japan or, or what i think of mm. as feudal japan looking like and you know it it makes sense uh that region has a certain architecture style uh that i guess permeates all of those cultures not mm-hmm. not just the japanese or the chinese uh mm. it, it's across the entire land there so yeah i i get what you're saying um and uh-huh. i i definitely felt it too yeah and it's kind of like the differences in uh, the other thing i thought was interesting is even though like these cultures are really f- far apart like how similar the european feudalism was to the eastern like the mm. the korean and japanese and china like the institution of these kind of like lords and knights and even like there's this one scene where they're like riding into battle and they had like flags uh-huh. um and i'm like wow it's it's amazing how different cultures can be, and yet, like the the way they practice, like martial arts, are like broadly the same. Yeah, um, I thought that was really interesting, and the costuming. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned in our like first look that like uh, one of the things that delighted me is everyone looked like a, a Final Fantasy Tactics character, and <laughs> okay. I, I think and and I'm like, so I thought some of this might be punched up when I kind of when I'm watching it. I'm like, well, is this like you know a really realistic depiction of their feudal period or is this like uh the movie excalibur Mm -hmm. where it's like someone's fantasy dream version of how the armor looked and how people behaved and i don't know about the behavior and the politics but from what i can tell the costuming like i did a bunch of research into this dynasty that was somewhere between the 13th and 18th century in, in korea and they have like these you know paintings of the different officials and they all have those black mesh hats oh god i and love the hats so much I, the hats the hats are incredible there's yeah. a, and like they've got like these giant turkey feathers or what like pheasant feathers or what the the beads everything looked like it's pulled right out of their history pages so yeah, awesome. that alone was fucking cool and it's something you just don't you know the 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 brightness and the contrast to the like peasant class mm-hmm. who by law were restricted to wearing just like white and gray yeah um like huh. any color was reserved to the royalty um i that that's just a really interesting uh really interesting world and it's also you know, they have a lot of things. Um, a lot of this felt like kind of Game of Thrones because you've got like, you know, the Jon Snow noble character and you've got the Eve. There's like a the Tywin Lannister character um, that's that's really particularly good. Um, but there's also like just really to, to see like how the Koreans portray like a, um, a modern class struggle, mm-hmm. like, you know, rich and powerful versus poor and lowly to see like that essentially the same story that we play with in western culture how that looks like over in there there i thought was really interesting yeah and the same struggle that's playing out now all over again right yeah uh, yeah and, and you know the hats which i absolutely adored are just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the beautiful aesthetic of this thing like yeah the opening credit sequence in uh. my mind is unforgettable i just this this silhouetted body with the smoke coming off of it and the acupuncture needles and just like all i don't know it, it's beautiful and then there's this uh, the interesting origami kind of overlapping right, fabric shells yeah. to like to hide the body yeah and then it's incredible. almost like unsheathed like a sword at the end uh-huh. of it and it reveals the symbol of the house or something i yeah it's, it's really cool and then there's one shot in this series that stands out to me above all others and it's when uh, well, it, it appears a couple of times, but it's that lake that's out. I think behind, yeah, like, in, 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 in the, the palace. royal palace. Yeah, yeah. that I, I don't. <laughs> they must have punched up the colors or something there, uh-huh. oversaturated it because I've never seen anything like that in nature. But yeah. it is truly beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's and, like it's like an R slash Earth porn. You absolutely, know? absolutely. Yeah, it's better than anything I've ever seen. Uh, in you know planet earth 2 or mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. Uh, so it, I don't know I, they took they spared no expense a lot of that 2 million bucks must have gone just to cinematography because right. it looks so good 
Uh, I think they also had like a stellar cast. Um, yeah. The only person that I immediately recognize is Bay. I think it's Duna, who has been in a lot of things. Jupiter uh, Ascending. It's she was in. She she star or played a starring role in uh, Cloud Atlas. I think she was in Sensate. Um, okay. Yeah. She was the physician, like the nurse, the head nurse of the physician city. Uh, the Physician Fortress. Yeah. Because uh, some of these names, I'm not even going to try to, <laughs> no. to, to pronounce them. If but, it's not Anyan, I have no idea who it is. Yeah. But I thought that um, the performances were really, really good, especially amongst mm. the Crown Prince and his bodyguard. Um, the the guy who played the Tywin Lannister role was pretty amazing. I wasn't sure what to make with the of the Queen until like the last episode or so. And then I'm like, oh, I see... Because mm-hmm. she, she's not allowed to be much, but this kind of like uh, you know blushing China doll and, until late later on, um, and you know like the villains were really uh, authentically kind of either badass and cool or just vile and reprehensible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I want to say some try to be non spoiler things about the zombies because these are kind of like the zombies with the twist and that they're they're extremely fast and like the ferocious kind of zombie. But they also have because you, you think in like a feudal period that the guns are rare and it's all sword based. Like these type of zombies would reign supreme, but they're given an interesting weakness um, that's established early on, which is they're only active during the de- the night. Right. As soon as yeah. the sun rises, they flee to like cracks and crevices and tries to stay out of it. And how and creepy that- is that? Just the 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 vibe, like seeing them run from yes. the day. And, and, and just hide smash, themselves into cracks, smash into each other like they're like <laughs> rags stuffing themselves into crevices. Yes, yeah. it is really unnerving. And you'd think like that weakness would be laughable. Right. Mm-hmm. But because it's executed in such a creepy and believable way and because it provides another a, a nice little kind of like pacing. Yeah, there's like the respite of the day where it's like, can we get. Uh, far enough away from these to be safe or can we erect a hasty barrier or could should we protect these important people and leave these citizens behind or should we like <laughs> there's we all these moral the ruling class that this is a problem and they need to take care of it you know right right yeah, yeah. um like there's all these like really cool ten- tensions that are explored individually in, in every episode now I was the, the the I was let down but I think mostly I was let down because I thought this was going to be a standalone series and I'm just like, wow, I don't see how, but this this must be a hell of a final episode. Oh, it's only 43 minutes. Wow, this must be action-packed if we're going to wrap up. Oh, <laughs> oh, this is decidedly a to-be-continued. Absolutely, um, yeah. But, you know, I, I wonder if it was, like, I wonder what the politics of making this was. Like, this seems like maybe it was an expensive South Korean project, and they're like, you know, let's do six episodes and get to, like, a really good, like, this is going to be, a, they're setting off what's probably going to be the most expensive scene that they're going to shoot in the, the history of the show let's let's see how it's re- we let's, let's see how it's received before we green light a second season and spend all that money but yeah. i'm i'm hooked and there, there would... are some big scenes in this show too and like yes I, I without saying what happens i think the opening of episode three is one of the best things in the show yeah uh it, it's it's opening 20 minutes are just awesome in my opinion oh my god stuff i've i mean i've seen a lot of zombie shit at this point and takes that are <laughs> brutal but not in like an excessively graphic violence just yeah, the, yeah. the the, 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 the genuine horror of the situation is uh is this whew, top notch yeah uh do you want to talk about spoilers now jim okay let's do it hey before we talk about the episodes i want to talk uh handle a little bit of housekeeping here uh first off uh big thing at baldmove.com was our fifth annual baldies award if you'll notice your 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 bald move tv feed has been kind of in, inundated with five podcasts about the baldies uh that's what it is there's one that's the award ceremony and then the others are like hours of conversation and debate and argument about how we arrived at all of our best of lists for the year uh there is audience voting there's all kinds of cool stuff um check it out if you'd like also Something that's happening next week is our second annual Not Quite Groundhog's Day Groundhog's Day Marathon. You can go to our hub of information at groundhog.baldmove.com. But the short is, uh, the short form is we are watching Star Wars for 24 hours. All Star Wars movies in chronological order on Saturday, February 9th at twitch.tv slash baldmove. We're trying to raise money for the National Alliance to end homelessness. Last year, we raised over $10,000. We'd like to to do even better this year. Uh, so if that sounds like a good time, 
check out twitch.tv slash bald move on Saturday, Feb- February 9th. Anytime during the day from midnight to midnight, we're going to be watching Star Wars and raising money for the National Alliance and Homeless. Uh, again, groundhog.baldmove.com if you want to see the exact streaming schedule and uh, stay up to date with, with news of the event. Take it away. Oh, well, let's start with that opening <laughs> of episode three. Oh, my God. Th- that It has both like some of the most terrifying zombie action, but also some of the funniest at the same time like that i I guess i would call them stocks uh the the thing the board essentially that the prisoners inside that jail cell are attached to oh yeah yeah, where one of them on one end gets bitten and then the Uh whole night this guy is trying to keep this other zombie from pushing him toward the grappling zombies at the 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 gates see i thought i did not see that as funny i thought that was extremely stressful oh it is but it's hilarious too <laughs> <laughs> fucked up jim yeah uh i know i thought i was like on pin like i felt like <laughs> oh my god that must be hell now i did think yeah. that like i started second guessing the guy like you know after an hour of this i think i would have found a way to uh wedge this dude in the corner so i can get some goddamn rest but right. you know if, if he couldn't, boy, that'd be a terrible situation not to be able to rest for an entire night. If you if you give up, you die. Yeah. Um, and like the stuff they do with the kids, uh-huh. uh huh. Because you know, I think it's a pretty hoary trope for and and they do this only once, other than this one occasion where someone sees a dead body get off the ground and they got blood coming out of its and their eyes are filmy white and they're growling and rasping and their teeth are sharp and they're like. You know, like like it's it's a old woman saying, "Oh, it's my son, it's my son," and she goes, "I mean, come on, man! Like, even yeah. if you know, don't know what a fucking zombie is, is that a really like a human reaction to have? Maybe right. I'm the fucked up one, but with children doing it with a child, that seems like you know, because everyone it's it, it's 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 a common sport to scare your child, you know. And then they like, I don't agree with it, I don't like it, but I've seen parents do it. I don't think they're they're crazy." Uh, they scared a child. The child starts crying, and they're, oh, it's okay, baby. That's essentially what happens, except for the mom's a zombie, and she's never going to stop, and she's going to eat you. <laughs> Holy fuck. And your baby your baby sister's going to see it all happen from inside a chest. Yeah, I thought that's the scene you were talking about. No, that that's fucked up. Uh, yeah. And, and it's... I, I feel like it brings a level of, of honesty to the show yeah. in a weird way. Yeah. Like, kids are not unaffected by this thing. They're not going to magically go unscathed through this ordeal simply because they're children and we can't show that to you there there's gotta be consequences i've been thinking about that little girl like if she survives this just the survivor guilt of like because it's pretty clear that she shouldn't have been peeking out of that basket and Mm -hmm. she was going to get eaten except for her older sister came in and got eaten instead yeah like if she remembers any of this i i want to see where she is in season six right because she's going to be like Arya stark on a million different self-destructive steroids um but yeah it's it's shit like that that i mean she wasn't an important character uh it just sold the desperate like it, it it elevated the scenes of just faceless mindless zombie violence going on and the outside in a way that a lot of shows like the walking dead typically don't don't stop to do or if they do their mm-hmm. efforts are kind of risable because they're never willing they're never it feels like they're never willing to go this far yeah like with gore and violence but the psychological like i i don't, I don't know um yeah, th- that's like- what I'm much more interested in in my horror is less, yeah. you know, uh, look, I like the 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 gore porn kind of stuff, too. But, you know, when I'm looking to be scared, when I'm looking to really engage with something, it's more about, yeah, wh- what are the effects of this thing and yeah. portray those as realistic as realistically as we think we possibly can. Uh, I would also say, like, the underlying plot here is really good um and the yes. way they, they that they unfold that is uh-huh. awesome like this whole idea of the resurrection plan right bringing yeah it's essentially like fooling people into thinking that the king is still alive until they can <laughs> steal a baby from the underclass and proclaim it the new crown prince and thereby being able to rule for at least another 18 years i assume or however long it takes a a korean mm. king to to come of age right uh they're trying to cement their power. I think that was a really interesting thing. And then having the chase of the actual crown prince across right. the land uh, was and framing also him awesome. as a framing him as a um, a traitor. Yeah, it's it's very uh, it's it's kind of like a King Theoden situation from, from uh, the Lord of the Rings, except for King Theoden's actually a zombie. 
that <laughs> you know no one can can be admit to see the king because the king's ill and he's still alive you can see him move around right. like it is it is kind of brilliant and this uh this guy that I'm, I'm saying is a korean taiwan lannister like plays his cards so expertly mm-hmm. uh he's got like this delicate balance of power and like even handling the reveal of the emperor's current state uh to the advisors they give enough doubt um you know because i'm putting myself in their world where these people probably believe that there's some kind of divine you know just like any other european power this is some kind of version of god's will that's caused this king to be and he's still alive and the crown prince is trying to conspire like just enough moment of doubt to where he could go and snatch like like eliminate the the, the last few political rivals to his power I I saw I saw it was really really brilliant how it was handled and seeing the 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 political machinations um, when they're at that level some of the some of the rural stuff with the the crown prince seemed um, pretty cartoonish and buffoonish to me yeah but maybe that that was the point yeah I think when we get out of the like power centers of this kingdom then it, yeah. it becomes a little sillier and you know those rulers are not as adept as this i guess the father-in-law of the queen yeah yeah is how i read it um Uh so you know i could maybe see it these these are people who are you know not at the top of their game but they are running this prefecture or whatever uh simply out of you know their their loyalties that they've sworn or their right. birth or something like that well there's also like i think an idea that this um this clan that's kind of taken over the royal family from outside um mm-hmm. has like they're kind of ruthless and power hungry and greedy but and they've also appointed a bunch of maybe buffoons and r- relatives and yeah i guess there's a little shades of like this is this is a common trope when like the king returns you know the rightful king returns and he comes back and like there's a slovenly drunken guard in place and he's so so i guess this is kind of the korean version of that like mm-hmm. you know the central government's kind of gone to shit because of all this corruption the stuff that's happening at the top mirrors the rot that's happening at the bottom too so yeah um, but otherwise, yeah, I thought the crown prince, I was actually, uh, cause you know, the other thing, um, I like how that the crown prince's bodyguard is kind of like a clown, but he's also super badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cess and I are having a debate. I'm like, you just watch this guy's going to prove himself to be a badass in like some scene. And she's like, no, he's like, he's just there because of nepotism or whatever. And then he bo- busts out that bow and arrow and kneecaps <laughs> a zombie and saves the crown prince. I'm like, aha, he's a badass. Yeah. Um, but he's not I, the biggest badass in their troop. Uh, yeah. The tiger fighter. Like that's yeah. the other thing is how they like, like I, I'm not familiar with what the elite class of fighter, you know, like in, uh-huh. in Western medieval period, I'm looking for the paladin. I'm looking for, you know the some assassin or a thief right but like in korean lore it's the tiger hunters apparently like, yeah a, a guy who can hunt manny manny is, is now is that the name of the unit like is that just a special forces name or did he actually hunt tigers i, I took I, it that he actually hunted tigers that's a fair question i don't know the answer but i took it the same way and i'm thinking like well if a man can you know a tiger's like what a thousand pounds of ferocious muscle and and like if you can stand toe to toe with one of those then these fast moving zombies are kind of your speed yeah um but and I, I i i spotted him as a hero right away but then he fed that dead body to the village and i'm like i don't know how to feel about this guy yeah, yeah. um he's, like i, I guess, understand the sentiment but wow right. you're fucked up right yeah like um the fact that like this guy who i think they're clearly showing is going to be this con- kind of complicated hero who's a reluctant figure because mm-hmm. political situations that probably are common knowledge to koreans because they know their own history and i don't but like mm-hmm. um that was a that would be what would that be like i mean is he kind of like a jamie lannister then are you supposed to see him as a rogue that you like is that like are you supposed to see him as this kind of rogue that shoved the child out of a window when he fed, or is that supposed to be a little bit more understandable or that's a really good question. And I don't know just because of the cultural disconnect. Yeah. Um, I do wonder if they're going to ever sort of make him feel the impact of that decision uh, yeah. in a little more personal way, or if it's just going to be something that he did and you know, how could I have known? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's, 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 it's interesting. And I like, um, because I'm ignorant of any kind of history and culture there, it's kind of like I don't I, I don't have a way. I'm just like scoring. Like I have no preconceived notion of like a you know a tiger killer or right. It seems like he's from a, like a province that was involved in like a, a war with Japan. Mm-hmm. 
um and there's like some deep kind of secret there that i'm I'm not understanding and there's also a lot of allusions to this like famous war hero that's been in three years of isolation yeah um that's i wonder yeah oh is that is that the guy the general's name yeah it's the only name i know from the series okay because he could (laughs) he could be like uh the korean george washington like if as soon as you heard his name it'd be like oh i know that guy he's a he's gonna be but i don't so it's like okay just wait to see what the show tells me about him yeah uh and that's i think that's really fun Mm -hmm. um do you want to talk about the one central issue that you had because i think it's probably the same oh i'm i mean it's honestly the the guy whose character introduction is him running very um very quickly and very rigidly up the street uh i mean this is this is asian comedy i've seen this in many things before it's nothing new to me it just never hits with me because these characters are not believable in any way but uh-huh. like the the guy who is like essentially um the, the war hero and the the physician the the female physician come into this town and tell them hey look these people are all dead right uh-huh. when they've when they've collected the the bodies from the other town uh-huh. uh, and and they've got them covered and out in the square and they're like look all these people are dead but they're, uh-huh. they're not dead they're coming back to life here as soon as the sun sets and this guy in a white robe is is advising the the head there not to believe them and mm. eventually he's the one on the boat who's like eating yeah, yeah stuff yeah. very vulgarly um, right right while you know the zombies attack and stuff and uh-huh. that guy does not do it for me it's just it's just a cultural disconnect i I get it like this is funny is he supposed to be like a like a like a worm tongue slightly more comedic worm tongue figure from what is lord that? of the rings oh he, I, I don't know i like i i i i'm trying to think if because I kind of agreed that like maybe he was over the top, but I wasn't sure if he was supposed to be interpreted as funny or just like how literally out of touch. Because like the whole boat full of these uh, noblemen, they're like you know justifying in their own mind how like forty of them are taking this space of shi- space sh- ship and just abandoning their entire province behind them, and they're like, yeah. well, we're the pillars of society, we must rebuild. And I'm like, with what motherfuckers? Yeah, you're not going to do any work. Look at you guys. You, even if you, even if the spirit was willing and the back wasn't broke, uh, you guys have no idea how to make brick, let alone mortar and level. Like. Mm-hmm. This is it's just it's, it's like the folly of that thinking and how stupid and out of touch and and what they what do they think is going to happen even 24 hours from now when they don't have their servants and they don't have their food and any of that. It's I, I thought it's like maybe not comic relief so much as just um, uh, like just just to show like just how fucking stupid they were. But if it didn't land, it doesn't. Oh, land, yeah, know? I think that those characters are half comic relief and half uh, like commentary commentary on the societal structure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but the part that was comedy didn't land for me. The, the other stuff right. did. Right. Um, oh, so it's weird because I thought you're the problem I had. And I just realized maybe I misinterpreted this is. Do you think that the Korean Tywin Lannister knows that his daughter is not actually pregnant? I I assumed so, but I don't know that that's valid. Uh, See, that's I th- the correct assumption. I thought, and I'm the exact same way, because I assumed as I was watching it that the game, that this twist at the end, which is the game within the game they're playing, is that her father doesn't know that she's not actually pregnant. Hmm. And she is, like, sponsoring this women's clinic so that she can, you know, guarantee deliver a son. But I can also see how that could be just Tywin Lannister's plan. But they had this weird conversation where he's like... You know, all of our power depends on you and delivering a son, and it must be a son. And kind of like, well, if you guys have this plan engineered, why would you be having this weird conversation in private chambers? That's a good point. And then it was kind of a reveal. Um, and I'm like, um, I just like, I thought maybe it was a little much that she had faked the entire pregnancy when that was the reveal. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't this, but I'm like, I don't know why I feel that way. It just, I guess, was a twist I wasn't anticipating. Um, and it kind of landed flat. I'm like, wow, this, but also I was, it, it puzzled me because I thought the show was wrapping up. Right. And that was, right. that was just like a, what kind of fucking weird into the movie is this going to be? But, um, but yeah, so no. I, I don't even know if that's a flaw. Now, if I had gone back and just anticipated that, Hey, this is the last episode. There's going to be a bunch of twists for next season. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even know. I would see it as a flaw. 
And so. we got to talk about the biggest twist, which is okay. the, the final couple oh, of Jesus. minutes of this this season. Yeah. I, honestly, they got me. They they totally got me. I was like, okay, I know the score here. These zombies can't be out when there's sunlight. It's kind of like vampires. They don't like the light. Nope. Nope. It's actually the heat that they don't like, which the the way they reveal that is fucking perfect. Like cutting between the frozen valley and the defense, uh, the defenses at whatever city they're at at the time, yeah, is I thought it was extremely well done, and it, yeah, it caught and, me off guard, and it made perfect sense. And the whole time they're talking about the seasons changing, and you can see everyone's breath. Yeah, it's and, getting cold. You should be inside. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're in in retrospect, it should have been obvious. Yes, but I was kind of blown away, and I was I like I spent a couple minutes thinking, does this check out? Like this th- is this a, something cheap? And the more I thought about, it, the more I'm like, no, I think they played this straight. It's mm-hmm. just, uh, and it felt like how sh- it, you you shared the shock because you know a, a show that did this less well, you would be seeing this twist coming a mile away, and maybe yeah. some people did. And this then at the end, it would seem like cheesy and lame. But I honestly like was along with the characters, like holy fuck (laughs) and you also like i'm really scared for the head nurse i'm really scared for the crown prince and his army because i don't know what's going to happen and what i thought was going to happen was the korean tywin lannister i thought he had engineered for his five armies to attack just as the zombies were going to bed and it was Mm. just going to be a human assault force that's attacking this other human assault force, but it's going to be exhausted. And they've used up all their supplies and all that stuff. But then when they established it, it's just, no, it's just, I I mean, I've got so many more questions. Like, how did the Tywin Lannister guy know this? How did he know it? Yeah, because didn't he give this, like, there was this, the, uh, the whole time the dead were beginning to attack the crown prince... Like the Tywin Lannister was given this speech about, oh, you think it's over? It's not over. Was that just a disconnected speech he was given about the political situation? I thought so. But, oh. But maybe he knows more than I do. Okay. Uh, all right. That, I don't know. I don't know. There's a I've, lot of room for interpretation here. Yeah, for sure. Um, Plus, this is us watching the show. The, you know, this is what happens when we watch a show just once, you know? <laughs> right. But I, I just love the nature of, like, it's got sort of that ashes in your mouth kind of thing like yeah like you are celebrating the the sweet victory that you've just won as the true horror unfolds that you're no you're going into winter and you're no longer safe at yeah. any time you know you thought it was bad when you had 16 hours of daylight to be yeah. safe no no you don't have that anymore i i do think um it felt now that i'm thinking about it, it felt like that last five minutes was really padded because they're like, oh, we can't send a 37-minute episode for the finale, right? It's got to be at least 40 <laughs> minutes for commercials and stuff. Because mm-hmm. um, when the day broke and they're congratulating themselves, I'm like, they show like 16 different variations of, oh, man, I can't believe we survived that. Now it's time to get some rest and let's get something to eat. And I can't wait. I'm exhausted. I'm, t- I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. All right. <laughs> you, you successfully surprised me and now you're going to fucking fuck up your own surprise and just kept going on and on and then the long mugging reactions to the impen like every single character that we've ever met got like a five second gaping at this tree shaking and the birds (laughs) flying yeah and it all it kind of verged on like a self-parody um and i'm like yeah take about two minutes out of that final five and you've got like a fucking jaw-dropping finale but yeah I don't know. You got to this the South Korean commercial market must be served, I'm sure. I don't know. My my jaw was on the floor anyway. I thought yeah. it was awesome. Maybe you needed you needed all that gaping time just to soak in, <laughs> soak in all the 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 zombie foreplay that you're you're getting in. Yeah. I mean, that that the season premiere next year has to be some kind of crazy extravaganza that we've not seen uh-huh. ever seen. Yeah. So, uh it's, it's going to be I hope it gets made, and I hope I'm around to watch it, because I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's like kind of like the promise of World War Z, where, like, um, you know, those CGI zombies were kind of lame in mass, but mm-hmm. this, you have that kind of scale of zombie combat, but they're real people. Yeah, and, and it's it, the, the creepy nature of the zombies themselves, like when they mound up while yes. they're eating people. Yeah. I, I thought that was really weird in a World War Z kind of way. Except, Very piranha. Except more physical and, and better done. Yeah. yeah, and and how they just ar- the the creaky, herky jerky way they arise from the ground. Uh huh. 
And as we already mentioned, how they scramble for the, the to, to avoid the sun. I don't know. Smart zombies, because like we've always said that like uh, if you're the, a smart zombie would walk north to preserve their flesh longer. You know, right? I mean, these, these are essentially white walkers, right? At this point, mm-hmm. like they're brought in by the cold, and it did feel very Korean Game of Thrones, right? Yeah, I mean, down to the musical cues. Um, I don't know whether Jawadi uh, consulted on this or whether he <laughs> just the the composer listened to him for, uh, and was heavily influenced. But there's a lot of distinct kind of those dun 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 dun, dun kind of uh, yeah. ominous themes that are that are playing throughout. Very well done. Very well done. The one other complaint that I've seen around that I agree with is. It's something they do kind of to take characters by surprise uh, uh-huh. with the zombie attacks is night to day transitions are immediate. Yeah. Immediate. Uh, they, they happen within the span of 10 seconds. Yeah, they can. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so a little disappointed by that. But honestly, everything else was so good. I didn't care very much. Yeah. And they do a lot of um, I think their day their day for twilight shooting. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like they did a lot of the night stuff actually at night. Yeah, but there's a lot of twilight work, which I mean, how I, this isn't a real criticism. It just it sucks that you ha- you're forced to do that because it's just really obvious when you throw a, slap a blue filter on something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think maybe so. Maybe artistically, I support the decision to have the rapid transitions because it serves the drama and it maybe hides otherwise ugly filming. Yeah, but um, I mean, if I this know. if this were Walking Dead. Uh, where none of the other pieces fit quite right either. We yeah. would be screaming up a storm about this night to day transition stuff, but right. everything else around it is so strong that yeah. honestly, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are beef pancakes, <laughs> dude? Hamburgers? I mean, that's as near as I could get to a beef pancake in my mind. Yeah, I was trying to think like what a beef pancake is and why it would be for dessert. <laughs> well, I, I did very get very much get the impression that meat was a commodity that. The underclass does not have access to it, in this world. Loki seems like there's a famine going on. Yeah, and and I think that might just be the the steady state of Korean uh, underclasses in in mm. that time. Mm-hmm. Is is kind of what I was gathering. Like these people mm. had almost never had meat in their entire life, which is shocking because th- there's so many mountains around, right? Like you can yeah. go and you can hunt. You could bring back some meat, but outside they even... of the strictures of being provided meat by the king yeah it does seem like that um that was heavily illegal <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah would I get mean, you executed for because they even said like how do you, you dared to hunt a deer without the king's permission oh and okay it's very robin hood man in tights um gotcha except for that guy even the fucking tiger hunter didn't have the balls to defy the king he just caught up a corpse yeah so double dumbass on him but yeah you're right i think it's just like um the social convention and this the fear of uh how how strong the rule of law was based on fear even amongst the good guys uh-huh you know like they're just like they they uh, casually mentioned they'd throw the annihilation of families around um, i love that's my favorite joke in the whole thing is yeah. when he twice threatens to annihilate his family right and you can tell like i i think i thought it was kind of it's funny because it's probably true like that yeah. bodyguard's like man that's not funny. It's like the president of the United States joking about nuking a, nuking a country. Like, yeah. no, that's not funny because you can do it. Right. Uh, and it I has been done to people in the past. Like, this right. is fucked up. Right. Like, maybe you were, you were a good guy and your dad was a good guy, but I remember your grandpa was a fucking psycho. <laughs> yeah. You know? I know how these these uh, these dynasties go. Um, and they, but, also, they also handle, like, the, the different power levels of each character in a really interesting way like when, when you're when you're commanded indirectly when the, when the queen gives an order yeah to someone yeah and then they're confronted by the queen's father-in-law or yeah or like the queen's council council board whatever it's called yeah. how, how do you play that and and i felt like there was some real nuance there with with those power dynamics and i that's um yeah no i think you're right it's it's a lot what they do you know we we debated this in season three with charles dance's actual tywin lannister mm-hmm. uh europe's tywin lannister uh where you know he would go against joffrey right and you're right. like huh who wins that and like you know i think that the smart king's guard picks tywin lannister over the 15 year old boy yeah and the smart korean court retainer probably picks the menacing tywin lannister looking korean man over the the queen but i think I think the queen's going to give her old man a run for his money. Yeah. Um, 
which is why I'm, I was kind of hoping that the pregnancy reveal is a secret from him because it shows that maybe she can, maybe she's a step ahead of even her father, that she's engineered, the, like he thinks he's engineered this when she's actually been engineering her own thing this whole time. I don't know. She, uh, she better do some more engineering because as soon right as now, that baby is presented up, I feel yeah. like her life is forfeit. You think she might be in the bottom of the lake? I think so, yeah. I mean, he takes her... Is it her that he's giving that speech to, where he says, you know how many bodies are in yeah, yeah, yeah. this lake, right. and, they, and they've been put fucking, there? It's a fucking it, great speech. Right. Yeah, they, they've essentially put themselves there. Um, uh-huh. It's it's so good, and I, I wonder if yeah, she's not going to have some problems yeah. once that baby is presented. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the, the the idea of power. It's like power is not being able to drop bodies in a lake. It's being able to drop bodies in a lake and no one dare question you yeah. as to if there are bodies in the lake at all. <laughs> right. You know, like the, the question like isn't even worth asking because even if the answer is yes, then what are you going to do about it? Oh, I'll be at the bottom of the lake. Never mind. There are no bodies in the lake. It's right. so fucking, so fucking uh, chilling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's naked authoritarianism. It's uh, it's crazy. Um. All right. Do we have anything else to say about Kingdom other than please season two as soon as possible? Yeah, bring it on. I'm ready. Hey, before we get to Black Earth Rising, I want to talk about our club because it's the way that uh, Bald Move is supported. It's the way we generate all the, t- the the podcasts and videos we do is because we get direct listener support as independent podcasters. And in return, if you go to club.baldmove.com, you get a bunch of stuff in, in, in return as well. Ad-free feeds, extra uh, content and shows like Super Serious Film Fest and Lunch with Jim and Aaron, um, as well as VIP access to the forums and a ton of other things. You can get the preview, a lot of those features, if you go to club.baldmove.com and as always a trial uh you get a free 30-day trial just for signing up at club.baldmove.com okay let's talk about uh black earth rising now okay uh i saw this first episode and i was like rubbing my hands together and like oh wow this thing seems like it could be crazy good and i saw that second episode and i was like oh I don't know about this James Bond, Jason Bourne stuff. I thought the an actual investigation into the relative blame for the, the Rwandan genocide and mm-hmm. getting a, a, a girl and her family getting through the bottom of the, 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 the uh, of that. The, those questions was interesting enough, but apparently, no, it's got to have a, a crazy spy plot onto it, too. Yeah. And, it, I, and I, I, I've only seen the first two, but I've gone from. What I thought was going to be an enthusiastic recommendation and can't wait to, like, I'm more reserved recommendation to, to see the show. What did you think? Yeah, I think the, the performances are really good. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I think this, that, that's probably the best thing I can say about the show, actually. Um, I think the concept, the, the, the topic that it's trying to broach here is probably both an important one and also a very interesting one. Uh, and you know it kind of wraps back into the the sort of you know the the shit that we went through with the nazis and it's not like right. it it's not like the show doesn't realize that you know they talk about that every once in a while in the show um i've also seen the first two episodes and i thought overall the writing could have used some work um uh-huh. i think it goes it has two modes it has very quiet planning mode and then it has extraordinarily angry emotional mode and Mm -hmm. it never finds any middle ground between those in my opinion uh Mm. and then once you and that's not even saying anything about the jason Bourne shit that you're talking about once it adds that i feel like it sort of loses me uh i i i don't know that i can engage on this emotional level with these characters and also worry about this assassination plot Mm-hmm. Uh, and and all the political intrigue behind that, I, I kind of yeah. wanted one or the other. Yeah, and I because um, I I was I was prepared to overlook a lot and try and I I always try to justify when I see something like uh, this character uh, Kate that uh, I think her name is Michaela Cole. Yeah, um, who you will probably remember as in the Star Trek episode of Black Mirror, mm-hmm. um, and she's also uh, in a series I've seen a little bit of called Chewing Gum. Um, but when a when someone's trying to do something new, like, uh, and I think she's portraying this character with a lot of extreme anxiety, 
mm-hmm. um, and you know de- going through depressive episodes, perhaps maybe even bipolar. Like I'm, I'm willing to be frustrated with a character like that because that character can be frustrating, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just everything seems to be a bit too much. Yeah. Um, like John Goodman, not only is he adopting her as some kind of we- a, 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 a surrogate daughter figure, but she, her, his actual daughter is in a coma, mm-hmm. and he goes and gives a lot of like exposition about his past, and you know, like sh- like demonstrating good man bona fides by reading her stories. And I thought, like, okay, and just everything just seems to be very very complicated every single character has like all this baggage and then like they just throw it's i, I thought it's weird how like they just they like throw these big character bombs at, yes. at at people and it's like i'm um just found out how this person was related to this other person and then i just find this this just this left you know, just total you know something out of left field hit someone makes an accusation about well you didn't know this about and then um it just felt fa- very hard to kind of find my footing but i know as I, I was trying to find excuses for every one of these things like well maybe this guy's trying to go for like what a genuine like search like an open-minded search for the truth feels like mm-hmm. you know where like uh oh okay i'm gonna learn i'm gonna figure out who's right and wrong about palestine versus israel and okay i'm gonna look into history and like oh well it seems like oh shit oh okay well let me look up this guy oh that's pretty bad like you just you keep on you you, you never know how you feel about a situation but i kind of feel like it's in the end it's just confusing like i don't understand the artistic merit of that kind of like why would you want to put confusion into the mind of a viewer if you're trying to like tell tell a clean clean narrative about something yeah i mean maybe so i'm you know we're two episodes into an eight episode Mm -hmm. limited series uh i want to give them the benefit of the doubt and say maybe they're using this confusion to sort of throw all your preconceptions of which i have very few i mean i Uh i was a kid when this stuff happened right uh so and very young kid uh-huh. So I didn't really know anything about it other than to hear about it on the news occasionally. Uh, I I want to say that they're trying to throw all this confusion at you to sort of reset your preconceptions. Yeah. Of of what you know. Okay. Uh, very bad genocide. The the Hutus killed the Tutsis. Right. It's I saw cut that Don Cheadle movie. Yeah. Right. Black and white here. So I don't need to think about it. No, they want you to th- think about it. They want you to open your mind a little bit. And by confusing the issue a bit with characters mm-hmm. who are on both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, espousing different opinions on it and even the central figures being conflicted about where they stand on it i think is right. uh, especially the the mother of the main character here yes uh i think she had a lot of conflict within her and that was some of the most interesting stuff is getting to the bottom of where the blame lies and whose right it is to bring justice uh to, right. to those victims and and how you go about that. I think that is the most interesting core of this series. And exactly. it is very interesting, but they kind of fuck it up with a lot of just very heavy performances that uh-huh. are, are, in my opinion, too heavy. Right. Uh, and, and then, like you said, dropping character bombs. Like, there's this second episode reveal about an affair that she's had with some guy that I don't know from, yes. from Adam. Yes. And they drop it like it's supposed to be a big thing. Uh-huh. The, the writing just feels clunky. Every, everything uh-huh. outside of like that main question feels like it was poorly thought through. Right, and I just feel like the like you said, some of these these some of this these questions are very interesting. And I thought some of this stuff is going to be challenging viewing, but viewing that you probably we we probably should encourage because like and and because I'm i've talked a lot about this lately but i'm interested in the idea of eventually how humanity will have a one world government it seems like that's kind of inevitable Mm -hmm. and you know like you know we're either going towards some sorts of like expanse or star trek utopia and i'm as interested in like the social technology of how to get there as i am in like warp drive and like teleportation technology because i think it's going to require like a planet's worth of resources to deal with like existential threats or to achieve our potential as a species. Right. So like this seems like what we're going into the 21st century and the late 20th century is kind of like, you know, with the United Nations and inter- international court, like these are like the baby steps towards getting to some kind of, you know, I don't know how long in the future, but some kind of borderless society. So mm-hmm. like, I think this is all like really fascinating to explore. Like, you know, should there be some sort of prime directive where these Western powers kind of like, well, 
yeah, we figured we caused a lot of these problems, but maybe we should stop trying to solve them and and let you, you, you your people solve them themselves. The same way, like mm-hmm. you know, there's that scene at the very beginning where a guy's being stopped at the border, and they're like, and this is in Africa, right? And they're just like, well, this is because of Section 1502 of the Dodd Frank Act. It's like two American senators' names, uh-huh. and I'm like, what would happen <laughs> in the 17th century if some foreign power on the border of the of the territories of indiana and ohio would stop a whiskey shipment and say you can't sell this whiskey in indiana unless you can prove that none of the people that wait made that they made his whiskey like beat your wives or something uh-huh. and like to completely shut down a state's economy over that like it would it would be instant like red line wanting to go to war right sure but because we got to a certain place in our political, you know, and, 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 and largely using colonialism as stepping stones to like our own greatness, mm-hmm. we want to come in and be like, we're going to be that alien foreign power and be shocked when people are pissed about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess that's the thing is like, I get the, I get the kind of like the desire to be patronistic and, and, or, and, and be like, hey, you know, we know better. We know what's going to happen if you guys do this. So we're going to help you. So, you know, kind of like do that science fiction thing where you try to give someone a peaceful technology and, and Kindle. But like, don't be upset when the person is like, if you think you're right and you think you're righteous, you can't be upset when the person says, well, you're being patronizing towards me. Right. Yeah. And I, I think those are interesting to explore. But then I get hit with this person crawling through a duct work. <laughs> Oh, to avoid God. an assassin and i'm like yeah how did we get away from the interesting stuff to this that's not even that particularly well executed no and, and i'm honestly there's even more confusion in it because i'm not sure that any of what i'm seeing is actually real or if this is yes. some sort of uh survivor stress response uh right. to to the very traumatic events that are happening in her life i mean she's meeting people who you know had a hand in the genocide uh that the left her in the situation she was in she's mm-hmm. her her mother for all intents and purposes has just died like mm-hmm. there's so much stress in her life right now is this assassin real and, yeah. and should i be thinking that i guess is the question that i'm asking as a viewer does does a show want me thinking that and i can't yeah. tell which is a problem and i also i mean some i i guess i kind of admire the even-handedness of it because it does seem like it's still up in the air what the show thinks about this idea of like um yes. an international court yeah because you know anytime if i'm being honest if i think about uh cuz i know uh america doesn't subject any of its military servicemen or civilian leaders to the international court and they do that because um you know, it's it's, we a, can. it's it's an it's an well, I mean, but the intellectual reasons are like, well, you know, we're sovereign and also we haven't we're a nation of laws and we can pr- uh, pr- prosecute ourselves. And also, if we let our boys go over there, then they're going to be exposed to some other like social forms of uh, or, or social customs and mores and ideas of ethics and justice that we're not comfortable <laughs> with. And also also, if we do that, we might be subjected to some kind of vendetta for stuff that we're not even responsible to. And. That's literally how the rest of the world feels about it, too. Yeah. No, no, the funny thing is, like, we hold up that democratic process as, you know, right. the, the crowning achievement of our society. And right. yet when it, we want to engage with that on a, a worldwide scale, we refuse to. Right. But also there are bad actors that would do all those things. Also, but, but some of those should. bad actors are in our society. Uh, like, fair, fair. Yeah, but yeah. you would think in a a democratic process, much like... Uh, those international courts are that you yeah. would have some kind of counterbalance there, right? As as right. we do within our own nation. So right, yeah. but I think it's also it's like you're, we're also trying to pretend that it's a fair fight when like France is prosecuting R- Rwandan people. Like the amount of political and um, monetary influence, it's not. Oh and yeah, I'm, oh yeah. And I'm I'm like I so it's like I don't. I don't know where the show is trying to. I think those are all interesting questions to solve, and I'm not sure where what the what the show thinks about them. But those are the kind of things I think um, that things I, I think as Americans we should probably think about, like the fact that we are asking a lot of people to kind of just hey trust us to to watch ourselves, and are we actually earning that trust on the world stage? And right, you know, um, like I do think just like I. Th- it is good to find like okay between Canada, United States, France, Belgium, Rwanda, Hutu and Tutsi, 
who does have the blame for this shit? Yeah. Like, like actually apportion it out to the percentage point through some <laughs> kind of fair and transparent process, because that's the only way we keep from from it happening again. Just like I'm yeah. similarly dismayed to how many Americans don't want to look into the actual facts of like the Vietnam War and how we got on there and how soon we knew it was a hopeless cause and how many lives Vietnamese lives we killed, how many American lives we killed for largely nothing. And like, how's Vietnam? Like, I wish we I, I kind of think that. We should take these opportunities to like, hey, let's have an accounting and see. And if France needs to do this and Belgium needs to do that, and the United States needs to do that, then uh, then then that's that's it's, it's a fair, transparent process. But like we're really resistant and you kind of wonder why, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But again, the show kind of plays with that. And then they have these like crazy assassin plots that I feel like are a distraction to it. They absolutely like, all, are. Yeah. All these character details with the exception of maybe uh, what's going on with Kate, yes, are getting in the way of the story. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe this is salvageable. Maybe it'll it'll veer back into like um, you know more kind of believable or grounded or interesting things. But yeah, like I said, I was all in on episode one, and I'm kind of worried about uh, as as of episode two. Yeah, I am too. Uh, so I, I guess I will continue to watch it over the next uh, week or so, and then yeah, probably I'm, I'm come gonna, back to wrap up. I want to watch one more episode, and then if I'm still feeling conflicted, I, I think I'm going to start reading some reviews because I know this has been out uh, for American audiences, like for some. Uh, well, I mean, it's been out forever, for everywhere since Friday, but I think this got a release, like at a, a film festival. Or, I think it was Tribeca, kind of, yeah, yeah, like like uh, last year. So I, I bet there's some writing, and I kind of you know if, if if the consensus is ooh this is you know not super great, but if the consensus is well it had some flaws and but it finished strong then. Because I am interested in the core material, and I think yeah. the performances are good when they're not just being sandbagged by, oh, you knew my mother's father, whose paralyzed daughter <laughs> is now in a respirator, and this guy got murdered, and he was having a secret affair with her. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's, 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 yeah, the political stuff is way complicated enough without all these personal entanglements. Yeah. All right. Uh, that is our look for, um, that's, that's, I, I think that's all, our, that's our podcast, right? Yeah. Um, hold on a second. I should have had this ready to go. Talk about what we're going to talk about next week. Um, <laughs> I did find it a little weird that this series, the way that it opens. Oh, with the cartoon of the girl being rescued from no, no, the no. pile of course. Oh, that was fine. The the opening like non drawn scene. Uh, where Eve is giving this speech at a school and one of the students asks her a bunch of very pointed questions, uh, almost to the level of insulting her. It was weird to me that, like, Mm. this series that is about the plight of the Africans, and and maybe I understand this a little more after watching a couple episodes, but it opens focused on the white woman of the series uh, and... And very heavy-handed with its premise, just beating you over the head with it. And that seems to be the tool of this show, is the hammer smashing yeah, you. <laughs> I I thought that sometimes I've seen in like so, like social justice circles that there's like a shit test at the beginning like um <laughs> just like to a black kick you out of like a show. black intellectual will like start a talk with like well of course we know all whites are racist uh-huh and that's just to filter out all the people they're going to be like whoa fuck i know you know it's like if, if that like they're just like okay now we got some people that at least have like i'm going to get on to my pre and i felt like maybe that's what they were doing like and and um uh dear white people on netflix did that too where they like in the very first episode like the title was offensive to white people and the very first episode is a five minute monologue of kind of like if you can't if you can't stand to hear this and get the fuck out because like it doesn't care that the audience is white people and i'm like well this is a curious and i so i'm i wasn't offended by it but i'm like this is a curious way to open what i thought was going to be a persuasive piece yeah so and now that I've seen two episodes, like it doesn't seem to be leading too heavy on that like black power kind of uh, or like you know like completely anti colonial. And I'm like, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Maybe the maybe the idea was to like present a purely pro black opinion contrasted by what is clearly a pure colonial opinion. Like she's pretty much unrepentant. Um, 
yes, we are the daddies and mommies and you are the children and we're going to do what's best. Right. You know, like yeah. she essentially says as much. Hmm. So but it is I, 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 that's the reason I haven't done a political podcast yet, man. If I knew a way to talk to people that would get them to actually engage with the material that they need to engage with, I would have been doing it for like two years. Yeah. Uh, but I see so many people try and fucking crash and fail. I don't fucking know. Um, all right. We, the only thing we have, I think, for Bald Move TV next week is Russian Doll. Okay. Um, which I don't even remember. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be good. It'll be great. So, yeah, I should just say that. Uh, we'll be at it next week with Bald uh, Move TV. We're going to be talking about the new series Russian Doll. If you want to check that out and follow along with us. Um, and we are going to also be watching Velvet Buzzsaw, Netflix original television show. Uh, so check that out. Uh, we will see you next week with another Bald Move TV. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.